if you think you're having a conversation with your animal, you probably are. But most people would go, oh, I'm just making it up. You know, oh, I knew mm-hmm. that already because of something else or, you know, and, and we we don't trust that we are actually having this communication with them. So hard as that might sound, the number one thing is just to trust that you are getting something. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast, where we explore the unique challenges and opportunities that comes with being a sensitive changemaker in today's world. I'm your host, Frida Kabo, and I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand and now live in the beautiful bush with my husband and two kids, homeschooling and creating a life and business that works for me with the help of my sensitivity and support others to do the same. I'm excited to share conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow sensitive people who also see the world through the lens of sensitivity. Thank you so much for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Let's get started. Trisha Byrne is an animal communicator and healer specializing in horses. She is originally from Scotland and now live in New Zealand. Since she just need a photo and a name of the animal, all of her work is remote, which is perfect for her as an introvert. I'm really excited to have Trisha here because I know a lot of us sensitives feel a special bond with animals. Welcome, Trisha. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you. So tell me a bit more about your story and how you come to do what you do. Well, I've been crazy about horses all my life, really. And I've lived in New Zealand for more than 17 years now. And so for about the first 10 of those, I was teaching horse and rider biomechanics. I've had corporate jobs in the past, and then I saw the light and (laughs) decided that wasn't for me and started working with horses. And by the time I came to New Zealand, I was teaching horse and rider biomechanics in New Zealand and in Australia. That was for about 10 years, the first 10 years that I was here. And towards the end of that, I mean, I guess I had always wished that I could hear horses talk, you know, have conversations in my head with them. But I didn't. And I didn't think that was really possible for me. And I had tried, I'd been on animal communication courses in the past and I did Reiki and things like that. But still the animal communication thing seemed like some distant dream that probably, you know, I couldn't do that was what I thought. But then I I joined a meditation group. And again, I'd tried meditation many, many times in the past as well with no success, or at least I thought no success. And this particular meditation group just had really strong energy. And from the very first night there, everything just kind of opened up for me. And I was having experiences that I could only have dreamed of, you know, mind blowing, really. And as a result of that, that sort of, I don't know, you could call it an awakening, whatever you want to call it. Then when I was working with horses, all of a sudden I realized that I could get a different level of information from them. So I started sort of practicing on my clients' horses, (laughs) at least the ones 
who knew that I was on that sort of path and were supportive of it and curious about it. You know, I would I would practice on their horses and I just kind of developed it from there and realized that I think that most people's idea of what animal communication is, is that you get a stream of conversation from the animal. And that had been mine. And, and that's one of the reasons I thought I couldn't do it, you know, and didn't didn't get anything from them. But what I realized is actually that information comes in all sorts of different ways. And really the skill is in being able to identify what they are, how you're getting your information, and then practicing enough that you can confidently interpret it. So I still don't get streams of conversation. I get words and sentences and I get answers to questions. But I get most of my information in a variety of other ways. And so about seven years ago, I literally woke up one morning and thought, well, just kind of knew that I should stop what I was doing, teaching the horse and rider biomechanics and become an animal communicator <laughs> just like that and so I did and so that's what I do now and I do work with all animals but horses have always been my passion and I, I get a much deeper level of, in, of um, information from horses so they're my specialty and what I like doing the best you know. Mm, I love that what an amazing journey that you've mm. been on and yeah as you say many feel like they're having a conversation with their animal but where do you recommend to start if you want to have mm. deeper communication with, with your animal? One of the first things is to trust yourself. And that's what people find the hardest. Because if you think you're having a conversation with your animal, you probably are. But most people would go, oh, I'm just making it up. You know, oh, I knew mm. that already because of something else or, you know, and, and we we don't trust that we are actually having this communication with them. So hard as that might sound, the number one thing is just to trust that you are getting something, because if you can find a way to just kind of suspend or discard all disbelief or all assuming that you oh that can't possibly be true that can't really be happening if you can let all that go and find a way to trust what you're getting you will get more <laughs> but if you don't trust it you're not going to get it consistently and therefore it's harder to trust it <laughs> mm. uh, so yeah starting to trust it and and kind of just be curious and welcome it is where I would start. Mm. Yeah, it's popping up the saying, you will see it when you believe it. Kind of yeah. Thing. Mm. yeah. What is the most common situation that you, you come into? I get people who are just curious. They just kind of want to check in with their animal and make sure they're happy, that sort of thing. And then I get people who are having a problem of some sort. So it might be that their horse is, or animal, is doing something they're not supposed to do or the owner doesn't want them to do, or they can't figure out why they're doing a certain thing. It might be, you know, it can be behavioural things. Oh, he's doing this all of a sudden and I just can't figure it out. 
So, you know, people that are curious, people that are frustrated (laughs) and people that are worried. Those are the top three kind of reasons that people come to me. I'm a bit different from other animal communicators as far as I know in that I don't just talk to them and talk is in air quotes, you know. (laughs) Um, I use all my experience to date in a session. And so I've, I've got a lot of practical experience riding and teaching and um, training horses and doing body work and all of that, as well as the the more kind of energetic spiritual side. And so I sort of developed a protocol where I check them physically, scan their body physically, and I get stopped in specific areas if there's a problem there and then I can go deeper into okay what could be the problem there and I ask a lot of questions basically so I check them out physically and with horses there are so many more things to check with horses than with other animals I think because we do more with horses you know we strap tack on their backs we um, put them in horse floats or trailers and and transport them places we climb on their backs and expect them to do things you don't do all that with a cat or a dog do you (laughs) and then there are a lot of very specific issues that horses can um, suffer from so you know checking their teeth their hoofs their diet checking if their tack fits all of those horse related kind of things I do all of that in a session and then I do the energetic side. So I, I check if their chakras and their energy is in balance, rebalance it, because nine times out of 10, it's not in balance. I do healing if they need healing. And then I ask all my sort of standard questions and all the owner's questions, as many questions as they want to ask. So, you know, it's a, it's very comprehensive and, and the owners go away with a really much clearer picture of what's going on with the animal, what are their likes and dislikes, what problems are they having, why are they doing that thing that they're doing, you know, it's a it's a whole big picture. So yeah, it's quite a process and it's really interesting, <laughs> you know, like I love my job <laughs> and it's it's rewarding because I know that I'm helping them and I know that by doing all that other stuff you know not just talking to them I'm shifting things for them and helping them to feel better and letting them know that they're being listened to and that's really important Mm. yeah that sounds super helpful for both the owner and the animal yeah definitely definitely let's go into your story a bit more because you made it sound like you overnight just stepped into this place where you communicate with with animals and do that in your work. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about that. Was it easy to step into that place? When I did it, yes, it was, but it took me a couple of years, two to three years it might have been, between the time when I suddenly realised, oh, I can get different information from them now and the time that I actually made the switch. And bearing in mind that I had all that past experience I was talking about with, you know, teaching and riding and body work and things, you know, I know how horses work. I know how their bodies work. And so 
when through the meditation group I realized that maybe I could connect with them and, and actually ask them questions, I spent that two to three years practicing that. So in the beginning, when I first decided to try it basically and see what I get, I literally had to put my hands on the horse and close my eyes and ask permission to make a connection um, with the universe and with this horse. And so it was a very hands-on physical connection. And once I had done that by touching them and asking if it was okay for me to proceed, then I could ask them questions. And in the beginning, gosh, I can't remember actually what I was asking in the beginning, but it would just have been things like, are you happy? Are you in pain? Those sorts of things. I was literally asking them questions and asking them if they could show me anything. One thing you should know about me is I'm a bit of a geek. I don't know if maybe that's common with sensitive people, <laughs> but um, I love a spreadsheet and I love tracking information. And so right from the beginning, I would keep notes about what I was doing and what worked and what didn't work and what the outcome was. So I started by having to put a hand on the horse and then I would, you know, feed the owner would be nearby and I would say, okay, I'm getting this and this. Is is that accurate? And I would get their feedback. The whole way through I was getting the feedback of the owners. The next step for me was then I realised that because I was working with a lot of people in Australia, so I would come back to New Zealand and I realised that if I had done that, that put a hand on and ask for permission to connect with them, if I had done that when I was over in Australia, I could come back to New Zealand and still connect with that horse. Mm. And then the next step was, and these just all came in sort of little light bulbs oh I think I can do this now let's give that a go the next step was that I realized that um or, or decided to practice um I asked existing clients if they could send me a photo of a horse that I hadn't met before mm. so that I could see if I could connect with you know one that I hadn't had that hands-on connection with and again, fed back to the owners what information I got and, and got their confirmation of what I was doing, you know. So all the way through, I was getting, oh, yeah, OK, so I can do that. All right. And I can do that and I can do that. And yep, they're saying that works and the information that I'm passing back to them is accurate. So, mm. yeah, it just kind of went along like that because I'm endlessly curious, basically, <laughs> and I just keep experimenting and thinking oh wonderful you know I I don't have any fear about any of this a lot of people are are scared to try I guess or scared of what might happen or I don't know you know that's mm. kind of alien to me because that's not me I'm the opposite um I'm just <laughs> oh, wonderful kind of, yeah I'm just <laughs> kind of endlessly curious and so I would just keep you know oh hmm, I wonder if I can do this let's try that um, yeah, and so I got to a stage where I had practiced a lot on horses and animals that I'd never met before and, and that I could actually connect to them just by looking at a photo and asking permission. 
and that I was getting accurate information. So I thought, okay, let's let's go for it. This seems to be what I'm supposed to be doing. So let's let's go for it. Mm, love it. Yeah. It sounds like you were actually building, really building that uh, trust muscle that you were talking about in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, so and, really and see what practice, works. Yeah, yeah, the practice as well. You know, that's one thing I say to students that I have who are learning or wanting to learn animal communication is, it is a practiced skill. I do believe that there are people who are born with this sort of skill, if that makes sense. Who who just who can just do it, and they don't even know how or why, and it just kind of happens for them. I absolutely believe that, but I don't think I was one of them. <laughs> I had to figure it out and figure out how to tap into it and get the information I wanted. So for that type of person like me, you have to practice on a lot of animals to really build that trust muscle to really know that what you're getting is true, is accurate. So, you know, if you're a person with one animal, just practicing on that horse or that dog probably isn't going to be enough. You're going to have to practice on a bunch of other animals to really be able to trust what you're getting and to understand how you get your information. Mm, Yeah. What's the most surprising information you got from an animal? Oh, so here's an example. One of the questions I ask, which is a very horse-related question, is with male horses, the majority of male horses get gelded, right? Neutered. And that operation can cause scarring, which they call a gelding scar right up in the groin. Tight, It can tighten their muscles and things like that if it hasn't been managed correctly when, when it was done. And so one of the questions I ask in my sessions is whether that gelding scar is a problem or not. Is it bothering them or not? And I usually just get a yes or no answer. But with this particular horse, I knew it was a male horse. I don't always know when people send me a photo and name. It's not always obvious <laughs> what gender the animal is. But mm. um, with this one, I knew it was a male horse. But I found myself kind of hesitating about asking that question. And I couldn't figure out why. And I sort of made myself ask the question. And the answer was, no, no, it's not bothering him. Okay. Thanks, I. That's fine. Okay. And so I type up my report and I send it back to the owner. And she said, I'm not surprised the gelding scar isn't bothering him because he's a stallion. (laughs) He hadn't had a gelding operation. And so I find that because I don't get streams of... See, people can be confused, I suppose, about some of the information that comes back like that. You know, that owner could very well have said to me, well, couldn't you tell that he was a stallion? Mm. Well, no, not unless I specifically asked that question. And it didn't occur to me to ask that question because I don't get that many stallions coming to me. And, you know, he didn't present in any particular way that would make me think that. Um, I think that's a a useful thing for owners to bear in mind if they're going to have an animal communication session is I don't know everything. I can't know every single thing about that animal. What I get shown is um, or told is either 
answers to questions that I specifically ask or only things where there's an actual issue. Mm. So, you know, if he had an injury on his left leg or something, I'd probably get shown that because that's an issue for him right now and that's bothering him. But something like, is he a stallion or not? That just wouldn't have come up unless I specifically asked. Mm. So, yeah, that sort of thing happens every now and then where I go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense of why I had a strange feeling before but you know before I asked him but I just didn't think to to ask are you a stallion Mm. Um, so I get that kind of thing but the interesting thing is you know a lot of times people want to know if their horses or animals they love them you know does my horse love me that sort of thing or is my horse angry at me or things like that Honestly, they very rarely are. And I think part of it is the type of person who would come to someone like me in the first place, you know, be interested enough to want to know what their animal is thinking right now. And the fact that I'm doing this session, your owner wants to know how you're feeling. They just seem to go, oh, okay, I'm being listened to. They care about my opinion. Everything's fine. I don't have any complaints. <laughs> you know, it's which is really sweet and uh, just kind of rewarding that I can partly that I can make that difference for them, but just that owners worry much more than they need to. That is really good to hear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. So if they want to know more about your work, where is the best place to connect with you? They can check out my website, which is trishawren.com. There's heaps of information on there, lots of free information, blogs, um, free training, and also my Facebook page, which is um, Trisha Wren Equine Energetics. If you want to see reviews of my work, that's the place to go, you know, where people have left reviews. And yeah, I share a lot of information there. And one of the things that I do on my Facebook page that people like is I work a lot kind of in the background using a pendulum, usually when I'm doing healing sessions and more likely when I'm doing healing sessions for people than than animals, actually. But one of the things I use my pendulum for is I do little surveys on my Facebook page because I think I mentioned I'm endlessly curious and I just want the answers to everything, you know. (laughs) And Mm. so if I think of a question that I would like um, some stats on, you know, about horses, like, you know, how many horses, what percentage of horses like wearing rugs or what percentage of horses are happy right now or are content with their life or like wearing shoes or, you know, whatever the question is, I do a sort of pop-up kind of survey on my Facebook page and get people to post their horse's um, picture and name. And then I check it with my pendulum, depending what the question was, and give them a yes, no, or, you know, whatever format the answer is in. And then I compile all the statistics at the end, because that's what I want to know. (laughs) How many? (laughs) Um, That's a (laughs) win-win. Yeah. So it's a 
kind of a cool thing. You know, it's completely unscientific, but it's mm. an interesting thing to do. <laughs> and people like getting a little quick free answer about their horse. So if if that sounds like your thing, then check, uh, keep an eye on my Facebook page. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put the link in the in the show notes as well. Is there anything else you would like to add? Well, if you are a sensitive person or an introvert like me, <laughs> this is the perfect job <laughs> because I get to where before I used to travel all the time and be interacting with people all the time, albeit doing something that I loved doing. Now I don't go anywhere. You know, I sit in my office and connect with horses remotely and it's like the perfect job. So finding the job or, or you know, whatever, you know, the thing that works for you as a sensitive person in, in that way, I think is invaluable. And I think um, sensitive people are much more able to do the sort of thing that I'm doing. So if anyone wants help with that, just drop me a message and I'll point you in the right direction. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom here with us and for the work that you do in the world. It's so important to increase our communication with with our animals and with ourselves as well. So oh, thank thanks. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Sensitive Success. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone who could benefit from this message. And come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. And remember, sensitivity is neither good or bad. It's what we make of it. Embrace your sensitivity and use it to create sensitive success your way.